Hi, and welcome to Everyday Impact, a Life Tree podcast inspiring you to take Jesus into your everyday life. My name is Jessica Jean. And my name is Will. And Will has a very special guest today. Yes, I do. I have a Life Tree celebrity with us. I'm sure he wouldn't refer to himself that way, but uh, this man, he's been around the Life Tree community for a while now, and his character and his integrity, uh, it just. It's, it's remarkable. And so um, Gary Letcher is on today and he's going to share a bit about some of the values that have given his life so much strength and stability. He seems like a man full of wisdom and I'm excited to hear what you guys talked about today. All right, well, let's take a listen. Hey, Gary, thanks for joining us today. Glad to be here. Um, Gary, I love seeing your involvement in the community. And something that popped up on my feed uh, today actually was uh, your beautiful smile. And you had a a quote. You're you're famous now. You're being quoted. You said your advice. It was God first, spouse second, children third, or to singles, God first, um, people second, and things third. You actually included this in the card you wrote to me and Jessica Jean for our wedding. Yeah. And I'd love to hear more about um, this this advice, what that's looked like in your life. <clears throat> well, I think we were designed to operate optimally by doing that. Uh, and when we don't, we, um, we lose some of the joy that God wants us to have in life. Mm-hmm. Um, it's difficult to live that out perfectly, but when things are not going well, I would come back to that and realize somehow my priorities are not in not being followed. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm having trouble with my relationships with God or with uh, my wife or my children or, or some people around me. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, your wife, Marilyn, tell us a bit more about how you walked that out with her, having to tell her, uh, you're not the first person, uh, you're not number one in my life. Oh, um, I, I think she would know that and, uh, and be glad that I wasn't, uh, I hadn't made her number one. Um, I know a lot of people who are now around or maybe for our listeners, they, they don't <clears throat> know Marilyn, they never got the chance to meet her. What was she like? Well, probably there's there'll be a fair number of people around Life Tree that that would remember her. She was a very quiet person. We we were both more or less introverted. Um, She's a, a woman of faith. What were um what were some things about her that really uh, stuck out to people? Uh. I don't know if anything stuck out to people. She was very glad to sit in the background and not be noticed, and uh, we were both like that. When we started going to Life Tree, uh, it was Lion of Judah back in those days, we would sit in the same chairs every Sunday on the same side, um, and uh, that was our comfortable spot, but uh, we gradually got to know people a little better. So maybe a different question would be, um, what were some of your favorite aspects of her? 
Um, she was a soulmate and a kindred spirit. We, yeah. we were two peas in a pod. So for me, I, I'm married less than a year. I, uh, I'm not entirely qualified to speak on marriage just yet from my, my swath uh, amount of experience, but um, how, how do I pursue a relationship with God? Um, how do I pursue God with my wife? What would you speak into a younger man about what that's look like from your experience? Love God and love your wife. Um, uh, and that, that means not being selfish. Um, maybe if I re- relate a few experiences of life, that, that might explain it better. Um, whenever <clears throat> we would have a disagreement or be at odds, uh, my response was to be in a sulk of some kind, usually not very long. And uh, I'd feel like uh, I'm, I'm so superior, I'm the head of the family, uh, I know what's right. And uh, the Holy Spirit would begin to speak softly to me and uh, coax me to go for a walk around the block on my own. And as I went around the block, I gradually realized that my priorities were not in operation. God was not Lord of my life. Uh, I did not lay down my life for my wife uh, in the instance that was... uh, causing us to have a disagreement and I would have to go back to her and just say I'm sorry Uh, let's work this out let's talk about it Uh, one thing we did uh, for years and years uh, every day practically without exception after supper we would go for a walk together and it would be a time just a half hour to talk about the day, uh, and uh, we would also pray together. And um, this was difficult for her to do because she did not like to pray in the presence of anybody, including me of all people, but she overcame that, and, uh, and so we did it for years, and it became uh, just what we did. Mm. I know a lot of people, prayer is a very... It seems like a very intimate, very personal, very vulnerable thing. And um, I don't know, how did that impact your relationship to have that time of prayer together? Uh, well, we began to enjoy praying together a lot. Uh, we would, um, I'm a retired school teacher, but before I would go to school in the morning, we'd have breakfast, we'd get the kids ready to go to school, and um, we'd usually lay down on the couch for just the final 15 minutes before I drove to school, and at that time, we would pray together, and uh, then we'd be apart for the rest of the day. I'd usually phone her at lunchtime just to say hi, and uh, then after supper, we would have our walk and prayer time, and then at bedtime, we would always pray for the things of the day as well, kids and people and so on. And uh, we, we just whenever we traveled in the car, we'd always start the trip off with a prayer. Mm. And so we just, just became like 
God was always there as the third person in our conversation. So. As you started to do these more regular times uh, on your car trip or to start the day, what what did that do to your relationship? What changes or what experiences did that add to your life? <clears throat> I don't really know, but I know there are statistics that um, say that people who pray together have an almost non-existent divorce rate. Mm. So I'm sure it did that. Um, well, they also uh, say those who pray together stay together. And if it rhymes, right. there's a <laughs> yes, yeah. certain well, truth to it. Statistically, I think it's true. And uh, mm. Yeah, I know for me and Jessica Jean, we're still growing in that, having uh, not just at the meal time, but kind of opening a bit more of our souls up to each other in those deep places of, of hurt and those yep. uh, places of, of hope and expectation as well. And um, I know that just the the little bit that we've grown in our prayer life together has brought so much um, unity, I, I would say that would yep. be a word. But um, switching gears here, you had a, a rich and fulfilling relationship with your wife, but that at some point came to an end with her passing away. Can you share with us a bit about that transition and how you navigated that? Um, okay, this, this happened in uh, 2011. Um, in early summer, she was having some difficulty moving around and so uh, the doctor uh, examined her and sent her for x-rays. And uh, they discovered some small cracks in her vertebrae. And uh, initially, I, I suspected it was osteoporosis. But it turned out to be, finally, when it was tracked down, to be a very um, fast-acting cancer called multiple myeloma. And... Uh, from the time I took her into the hospital on August the 6th, early in the morning, until she went to be with Jesus on September the 17th, 42 days. Wow. Um, that was the, the rest of our time together as husband and wife. But what was it like? Well, I think of Charles Dickens' uh, novel, It Was the Best of Times and It Was the Worst of Times. Um, the uh, closeness of uh, Jesus was incredible to go through all of that and to um, discover a lot of things, that the greatest love of my life was not Meryl, and it was really Jesus, and uh, he would never be leaving me, even though she was. And uh, after I became a single man, I realized that, God, the life you've given me is still 100% life. Now it's just as a single man, and it's, it's 100% gift from you. And you've given me the choice to shrivel up and die or to take this adventure you've given me and go through it as a single guy. So that's what I decided to do. How was your relationship with God impacted in that immediate time? Um, I think it was just carrying on as 
usual. I don't think there was any great change. God was just extremely close and intimate and caring. And uh, yeah. So I know a lot of people that experience a deep loss or pain like this, that it really rattles their relationship with God. Uh, well, it w- worked the opposite with me. <laughs> so, yeah. What what helped you where others might have gone a different path with their connection or their relationship with God? Um, I think it was living out my priorities that he was first, Marilyn was second, and my family third. And it was just a continuation of that. Mm-hmm. And uh, the the community of friends inside and outside of the church was absolutely wonderful. The other congregations we've attended were very supportive and loving through all of this time. And of course, the uh, life line of Judah people were there too. Yeah. So you've had this this incredible partner in in life and in faith for how many years were you married? Forty five. Wow. <clears throat> and you develop this this unity, this strength, this uh, prayer life, even just your daily routines. How did you? How did you carry on? How did you make that transition? I understand Jesus is, is number one, but um, for me, I'm thinking Jessica Jean uh, being absent from my life. We've only been married for six, seven months yeah. now, and the the hole in my life that that I would feel. How did you walk through that? Um. Avert. Um illustration that came to me was um, the story of Moses being called by God to deliver Israel out of uh, Egypt. And uh, Moses protested and said, God, I, I, I don't know what to do. I don't have what it takes. And God's response was, well, what is that in your hand? Well, it's a staff. And God's response in modern English would be, well, use it. Hmm. And uh, I had life. Um, I had uh, a home that uh, Marilyn left me in her will. And I figured I'm going to use this home to reach people. So that was part of my staff in hand. Um, I started a uh, folder of the way to conduct my life, I, I labeled the folder staff in hand. And I just, hmm. any ideas that came for things to do, I would, I would do those things too. And most, I think most of them were to, probably all of them were to connect with people. So, um, I tried things like, um, um, a few people at Life Tree may remember this. I had, I had them over for fur bag. Oh. F-F-R-B-A-G. That was an acronym for Friday Roast Beef at Gary's. <laughs> and uh, I, my, one of my favorite meals was roast beef. And um, so I, was, I became pretty good at cooking roast beef, a roast beef supper. The reason roast beef was uh, such a favorite with me was um, when I was teaching... Often on Fridays, when I would come home after a tough week and maybe a tough day, I'd come into the house and the 
aroma that would greet me would be roast beef. Marilyn would be cooking roast beef for supper. Mm. And I always enjoyed that. We'd have roast beef on Saturday and leftovers would go into my Monday lunch. So I always enjoyed that. So I, I did fur bag and there have been a few other things as well. Um, I got involved um, with a musical group out in Sydney on Wednesday nights. And uh, most of those were older folks like myself. And um, we began to meet together in a guy's home every few weeks. And uh, I decided, well, maybe I should volunteer my house so he wouldn't have to do it all the time. And so about a half dozen people came over and we, we mostly do country and bluegrass and some folky stuff as well as pop things, singing and playing. And um, one of the guys at the end of the evening said, Gary, this, this is so much fun. Can we come back to your house next week? Hmm. And uh, these uh, friends of mine came back every week. And they've, we've been doing it for six years. We've stopped since the pandemic. But uh, And uh, early on, I suggested that we call our group SASI, which is another <laughs> acronym for Sunday at Six, Singing and Yodeling. And um, one of our members, uh, Tim, was a really good yodeler. So uh, that's why we did that. Uh, and I decided if I'm going to have people over for... Uh, an evening at six o'clock, uh, I'm going to feed them. So I always preface the evening with a meal. I would cook up a bunch of other things. Uh, I didn't only do roast beef, but tried chilies and casseroles and who knows what all. Mm-hmm. So it, it sounds from hearing your story, this tremendous amount of stability to your life that I don't see in a lot of people and and I feel like it ties back to that value of just keeping God first yeah I feel like you know with some people putting things first or putting your spouse or your kids that I can see where the problems start to arise yeah Uh, where there's in God first there's a, a stability that kind of keeps us a bit more on track with our life yeah um What's different since walking with him uh, by yourself these last 10 years? Um, Well, Marilyn isn't around to talk to, so I talk to God (laughs) instead. Um, I'm a single guy in my own house, so I I talk out loud all the time to God, sort of when I'm awake, and uh, that's just the way it is, so... Who is he to you, um, an aspect of him that he's revealed to you? Um, I, I don't really know. I contemplate God a lot and uh, thoughts come to me and I, I run them by him and I say, God, this is the idea I have of who you are now. Please forgive me if I'm into a heretical idea here. I, I need some guidance, but this is what I think. And then I would tell him what I think thought it was and um, I'll try to give an example Uh, a few weeks ago I was thinking um, God is omnipotent omniscient and omnipresent and I I was thinking um, 
omniscience. God, what, what does that mean? And a picture came to me of a huge canvas bag with a stenciled label on the outside saying omniscience. And I opened the bag up and looked into it. And uh, I realized if this contains the omniscience of God, it isn't a big enough bag. Hmm. God, you, you know everything there is to know, past, present, and future. So there is no container for uh, your omniscience. You do know everything. So little pictures like that come to me. Hmm. So I like that. I usually I want God in a few neater and more constrained boxes. Uh, he doesn't fit into bags very well, so. Yeah, I, I, I love hearing just uh, a bit more about your life and, and what that looks like, having your priorities straight. What other advice would you give to someone who's maybe much earlier in their faith, whether they're just starting out or they're wanting to be more intentional about setting their priorities straight? Um, well, if it's a young person, but it could really be any age, um, get some believing friends, get into a community of believers. Uh, when I became a Christian, I was 15 years old and I had three other guys who were followers of Jesus and, uh, we were really good for each other and, we may have thought our friendship was just sort of accidental because we went to the same church, but it was God working, um, building into our lives uh, his character and nature through each other. So I would say just hang around, find the, some person that you can mesh with in uh, a, a lot of ways, but especially in this faith thing. Hmm. There's an old song, I don't know if some people who grew up in Sunday schools in the 40s and 50s and 60s would remember, uh, I will make you fishers of men. There was a verse in it, read your Bible and pray every day. And we used to sing that a lot, but often we wouldn't realize that that is just excellent advice. Read your Bible, pray every day. So, and you'll grow, grow, grow. I actually grew up singing that song, although I'm not quite that old. Yeah, well, it's a good one. It's funny how these, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm always asking this question because I believe there is some insight and there is some um, great perspective, but hearing you just reaffirm the basic truths. Yeah. Like, are you in the Word? Are you in prayer? Do you have some good friends? I mean... Don't you have anything more um, original or creative or fresh? Um, <laughs> but no, there's, there's, there's no secret. Um, it's just a personal relationship. Is there like a pill I could take yeah. or a prescription for no. faith and all or some sort of a over-the-counter instant um, improvement uh, for my faith? No. No. I remember when that verse was uh, reinforced to me by um, a well-educated pastor. Um, uh, he had his doctor of theology, and he just reinforced the fact that the 
core of a solid Christian life is reading your Bible and praying every day. Uh, from the song, I think we had sung it in a church service or something, and the little group we were in was leading it. So he reinforced that and reminded me that we're not just singing words, we're giving sol- solid godly advice. Mm. That's good. I really appreciate uh, just your, your transparency and vulnerability and um, just the place of, of uh, the track record that you've kept. I love uh, verse um, David just reflecting on, on his life and saying, you know, I, I've, I've never seen the righteous begging for bread or I've seen God's been faithful He's always yeah. come through and um, see you much uh, more experienced in your journey with the Lord and, and saying hey, these things are still true. I've, yeah. I've proven them. I've, I've seen the track record of God's goodness. Yeah. Are there any other things that you want to leave our listeners with? Just that I, I'm so delighted to be a part of the body of Christ through Life Tree, um, And even as it it's right from the moment we started coming to Lion of Judah, maybe about 14 years ago. I've never been so eager to get to church on a Sunday morning. And that feeling has gone on. Marilyn and I were both both felt that way about Life Tree. Um, but I, in talking to the Lord about it, I would say, Lord, I'm so excited about your church. I hope that if you had... Uh, met me in a liturgical church, I would be equally excited to go to the liturgy liturgies in the Sunday mornings. I'd be just as excited about you or a mainline church or whatever it was. I hope that my excitement about you would be uh, just undiluted no matter where. Right now, it just happens to be Life Tree, and this is the place I just, I love being here. Uh. Thank you for sharing that with us and thank you for joining us today. Glad to do it. It's so good to hear more about what Gary means when he says God first, spouse second, and family third. Or if you're single, God first, people second, and things third. I am just inspired by his journey and how by keeping his priorities in order, it's given him comfort and stability in the best of times and in the worst of times Mm -hmm. i think right now as we're recording still experiencing the pandemic it feels like we're closer to that um second stage the the worst side but to see someone who's who's gone through uh loss like this and experienced this again stability i mentioned that in in the conversation that we are so moved by circumstances and to to really find that when God is first, there's a bit more uh, solid ground that we can find ourselves on. Mm-hmm. When we make him our rock and our um, our focus. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, babe, you're not my rock. Jesus is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's awesome because um, I feel like just through hearing what Gary has gone through in part of his journey, it's been really helpful for him just to um, know that God will never leave us. Mm -hmm. He will never forsake us and he's always there. It's been really cool to hear 
Gary talk about his story because I can see that Gary has been faithful to God in putting him first and God's been faithful to Gary and bringing him awesome friends and a musical group and just um, I can hear through him sharing his story that Gary's been blessed by um, the people that he's opened up his home or his his time to. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a very simple motto or value, God first. But um, I think to really have those conversations with each other, with your spouse, with your family or your loved ones and, and ask, what does that look like? What does that look like to put God first in uh, maybe your finances or the way that you talk about the future, dreams, visions, confrontation, uh, all these areas? How do you know if God's first? And that's probably something that you just need to work out. Yeah, I love, um, there was a moment where um, Gary was talking about just asking God his opinion on what his opinion is he's like is this this is what i think about you god this is where my mind is about what i think about you is this right and i love that because he's checking in with god like hey i've been doing this i've been thinking this what do you have to say about it and i think that that's a great question to ask ourselves just in yeah in the everyday whatever it is. Mm-hmm. It, it comes down to bring God into the picture and bring God into the conversation. Mm-hmm. It actively, not just um, that we believe that he's good, that we believe he's out there somewhere and we try to uh, line up our lives with a set of values, but hey God, I want to bring you into this. Help me to understand and process and, and build a life where it's founded on on your stability, your faithfulness, your truth. Yeah. Yeah, great, um, great encouragement from today's episode. And thank you again for joining us on Everyday Impact. Don't forget to subscribe and share. And we hope you guys have a blessed day and a blessed week ahead. We'll see you next time.